Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only Texas State Bull Rider Pastor, <laughs> Joshua Timms from our Fort Worth campus. What's up, team? Do you have to ride bulls to be a pastor in Fort Worth? Uh, yeah, it's we we and you have to ride bulls really well. Like we actually like watch. We take you to, to a little like bull riding pin. We put you on different like levels of bulls and see how you do before you actually get your pastorate in Fort Worth. <laughs> really? That's yeah. how you get ordained. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Some some of us over there haven't made it yet, and so they're like like pastors to be maybe. Didn't what is maybe. the biggest bull we've ever ridden? Uh, his name was uh, well. What was his name? I don't remember. Uh, he was 2,300 pounds. He didn't even fit inside the shoot. I mean, he was so big that like I, like they had to wait to turn his head sideways before he fit inside of the shit. I mean, he's huge. Oh my gosh. None of this is joke, by the way. Josh is the guy that you go to a rodeo or he was the guy, well, yeah. new creation in Christ. He is. He was the guy that you go to the rodeo and you see him running around. And then sometimes you were the guy in the clown suit too. Uh, I only did that for friends uh, and I didn't like doing it and, <laughs> because it's scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then of course, the brains behind the operation, Miss Elena Haas. Wow. Thank you, David. That is right. It's actually more true than probably <laughs> yeah. anyone's going to believe or realize uh. here. But what are we talking about, Bull Rider? Yeah, today we are jumping back into a, a series that we have here on Fusion Reports called Christian Cliches. Things that we as Christians say that sometimes are really clear, maybe not always clear. And today we're going to talk about our identity in Christ. Identity in Christ. Yeah, what do you got think? lots of questions around that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really thrown out. It's not exactly clear. <laughs> what do you guys think? When are the scenarios people are using that phrase? Let's start there. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. I would, I would think that people are saying it when it's like, um, there's man, there's so many different yeah. times. People, people will say to others as like a almost a, hey, let me just encourage you. It sounds like you're really down today because work went poorly, and I just don't think you're finding your identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, um, dating if, relationships. Yeah. Like what else would you yeah, say? Yeah. If a girl, I don't know, is feeling insecure in her relationship with, um, her boyfriend or something, one of her her friends could be like, hey, I just think that you're finding too much of your identity in your relationship and you need to find more of your identity yeah. in Christ. Yeah, and on, on the guy's end, I've heard you guys be like, man, it's been a hard day at work and had a meeting with my boss. I don't think it went well and just like really discouraged, having a hard time. And guys would be like, hey, man, just just remember your identity in Christ. It's all okay. And uh, I just don't know if it's like helpful or even clear. Yeah. So a lot of times it can be negative things. If people looking in, if you're being negative about something or insecure or whatever, they could be like, hey, you're struggling to find your identity in Christ. But it also can kind of be if you're finding too much happiness in things. In like let's just say yeah. you are rock, like crushing it at work and you're super excited about it and you're sharing with another Christian friend, they could be like, hey, I, I just want you to check your heart, make sure you're not finding too much of your identity in your job. So it can either be like a negative or a positive. <laughs> I'm like laughing because I'm remembering like live scenarios. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think that people... <laughs> We'll say it as it relates to like body image, when yeah. how you look on the outside, yeah. or um, they'll almost encourage or you know um, challenge someone. It's like, man, I just feel like you're too focused on what you look like. You're not yeah, finding or going your identity. to the gym too much, or like yeah, exactly eating too much, like being on diets too much. And it could be like, oh, you need to find your yeah. identity in Christ. So here's what's interesting: it's one of the most significant things the Bible says about us, our identity in Christ. It has some of the most significant implications, I guess, for your life. Mm -hmm. But that type of rhetoric that people interchange and exchange, 
is one of the least helpful, I think, things that you can provide someone to say. Yeah. And by that, I mean, it's not, not that it's not true. Hey, you need to find your identity more in Christ. It just is so impractical and unclear. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very vague. You're like, what exactly do you even mean by Guys, that? Yes. That's why I'm so glad we have this podcast. We're going <laughs> to talk about it. We're going to make it Dude, more clear. We are about to give, yes. I think, one of our favorite podcasts <laughs> of all time. All right. Let's start somewhere, David. Let's just talk about identity. Let's rewind and go. If we're tra- find, talking about finding our identity in Christ, what do we mean by identity? Yeah. Let's just start there. Yeah. How, how do we begin to define identity? So good. Yeah, I think that's such a great way to start it because we, we think identity in Christ and that's so ambiguous. And it's it's less when you begin to think like, okay, what does identity even mean? Mm-hmm. So if I was going to go like, what is my identity? Me, David, I would say some of the descriptive terms that are consistent with me. So, hey, I'm a male. I am six feet tall. Rubs it in. I am, uh, Josh is only four foot three. (laughs) I'm working uh, on it. (laughs) um, I am a Texan. I am a father to Monroe and crew. I'm a husband to Callie. I um, have blue eyes. I work at Watermark. Like some of these different things would just capture Mm. some of my identity. There's like a million different ways that you could express your identity. So um, if you're Josh Timms, I live in Fort Worth. I'm a pastor. You know, some of the things that make our identity are temporary, they're seasonal. And some of them are like for my entire life, I'll probably be this X. So you may not always be a full-time vocational pastor or bull rider. That was a part of your identity that just, it was a past identity. What else? People also do like what their sexual orientation is. Like if they like guys or girls or whatever that looks like, they also do where you're from, where your family's from. Yeah. Yeah. So David and I are are both Swedish and Norwegian? Or are you just Norwegian? No, Norwegian. Oh, Norwegian. I think I'm Norwegian and German. Okay. So David and I are probably related. We're both Norwegian. How, how, hey, <laughs> they gotta dude, be. How nuts is that? <laughs> we really, both. And, didn't you have ancestors that moved to North Dakota? Yes. And our ancestors are oh, both wow. in North Dakota. Boom. You guys really could be related. Wow. Yeah. Norway, yeah. Norway's not a big place either. <laughs> anyway, to her point. Yeah. Hey, where you're from, my race, yeah. or my yeah. skin color. There's just uh, so many different arenas that define our identity and how we see ourselves, which impacts how we see the world around us. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the reason it's helpful to start there is because that gives some handholds of like, oh, this is kind of what my identity in an earthly sense is. You know, what's on my driver's license captures some of my identity. Yeah. The state of Texas wants to make sure that that they have on record in the same way that there are, but hundreds, if not thousands of things that form my identity, earthly identity, there are lots of different things. The Bible says that as a Christian, when you put your faith in Jesus, now are your true identity and should inform your identity. And those would capture who you are. So, uh, man, I'm a child of God. I have been forgiven. Yeah. I am free. I have been been guaranteed an inheritance. So I'm an inheritance uh, receiver, who I am, whose I am. So I'm God's. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm made in his image. I am God's. I'm his creation. I'm his new creation. I'm his child. I have uh, been called by him. So who I am, whose I am, and then what I have access to as a part of my identity. That just as like my identity is an American on this earth, because I'm an, an American, there's implications that come with that. So I have certain rights that come with, with being an American citizen. Yeah. You know, the Bill of Rights, there's things that, that not every person gets, but if your identity or if you are in reality an American, that comes with in the same way that as a child of God and as someone who's a, a believer, there's certain things I have access to, that I have access to boldly approach the throne of grace. I can go to God in prayer, knowing that he hears me, Hebrews chapter four says. I have access to an eternal inheritance that awaits me. I have his Holy Spirit leading and guiding my life. That's what I have access Mm -hmm. to. So it's who I am, 
whose I am, what I have access to. Those would be at least three big buckets yeah. I would put most of it in. Anything else comes to mind? Coming to mind? No, I mean, I think we could spend a lot of time, like the Bible has a lot of things to say about that. And so I think those are really helpful or three really helpful big buckets. Mm -hmm. But I, I think my follow-up question there, David, is that as we talk about putting your identity or having your identity in Christ or maybe embracing it, I don't know what word is best there, but um, does what I heard you say is essentially putting you or having your identity in Christ is believing all of those things. Is that right? Because as we're trying to be helpful to our friends, so what does it mean to have your identity in Christ? Do I have my identity in Christ by believing everything the Bible says about me? And that's just, that's, I've made it. I've now have my identity in Christ. What does that mean? Yeah. I think it's learning to live in line with reality. And this is where uh, uh, um, good. words are going to fail us and give us grace. As a reminder, this is a conversation. People think we prepare for these things way more than we do. Yeah. People yeah. think they're like spending this whole morning hours just preparing. <laughs> and we're kind of just coming in here being like, oh, all right, let's talk about hey, it. Don't give away a secret. All right. <laughs> so, but ask your question again. I, I want to know, you just told us these are what um, God says about your identity in him. Mm -hmm. But as we're talking about today, uh, what does it mean to do that? Mm -hmm. Do you have my identity in Christ by just believing all of those things? Yeah. Because you, you said a helpful line just a second ago, just like, hey, it's living in line with reality. So I want you to unpack some of that too for our friends listening, of going like, hey, I do think you need to believe it, but then what does it mean to live in line with that reality? Yeah. So I Practically. think- Practically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a good question. If you're a Christian, so now we're talking to Christians, yes. which, which mostly I feel like people listening in would say, I have put my faith in Jesus as the payment for my sin. He's my God. He's my Lord, my Savior. He paid- for every sin on the cross and he rose from the dead, I have new life in him. And so if, if you're a Christian, now what it looks like for you to put your identity in Christ and live out the identity that you have in Christ is begin to align your life with the reality that God describes inside of God's word. Mm. So anytime that I believe like, man, I'm not forgiven for things in my past or things in my present, I am not embracing the true identity about me that uh, there's a line that, hey, what God says about you is what's most true about you. And anytime that I begin to, to live in a way that disagrees with God's word and who it says I am in Jesus, I am buying a lie. And for me, I need to attack that lie, begin to embrace the fact that I, man, I am forgiven. Sometimes that involves when I, I can, I need to expose to other people. Guys, I just feel like there's sin in my past, stuff that I did in previous relationships or things that mm. I have a tough time forgiving myself for, which makes me feel like God hasn't forgiven me. And I know that's a lie. I just need to confess that to other people because yeah. I'm, I'm not living in line with, with reality, with what is true. Um, it is, dude, this is the most children illustration of all time. Come on, man. But I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's that old like caterpillar becoming a, a butterfly. And that's crazy, but the Bible describes a process that's like, man, you have metamorphosed out of being a caterpillar. That's a part of your old life and you are a new butterfly. And it doesn't always seem like it, it doesn't always feel like it. And I'm tempted to believe that, man, I, I'm still unable to fly, but God has said, not that you can fly, but that you are forgiven. You are a child of God, not because of anything good that you did, but because when you came to Jesus, everything began to change. So I think there's three things that I would cover quickly. You have a new perspective in Christ that you're trying to, a, a new perspective, a new way of seeing yourself and seeing God okay. and how he sees you. So we can camp there and we can unpack that practically. Right. That is directly connected to a new position that you have in Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That There is a huge shift before you were a believer. And when you become a believer, everything changes. Heaven 
according to the Bible, doesn't look down and see like American and Chinese and red, yellow, black, white, and, and, uh, you know, tall people and small people. And it sees believer and non-believer. Those are the biggest categories. It sees Christian. It sees those spending eternity with God who are going to heaven mm. and those who are not. It sees children of wrath is one and children of God. I mean, that's the way that heaven sees. So it's a new perspective in Christ, learning to see yourself and see God uh, in the new way that the Bible describes, a new position, learning to see that you have been placed into a new position in Christ. And those things lead to new practice inside of your life and new pursuits with your life. But before you're going to pursue those things, and you should not just focus on, man, I'm going to pursue and practice those things. If you're not a Christian, and you don't have a new position in Jesus. So let's unpack a little bit of that more clearly. Um, or is there anything else you guys would add to, to bring more clarity? A lot of that comes from Second Corinthians chapter five. Yep. So let me just read yeah. it, where it gives, I think, some of the clearest uh, perspective change, position change, and then the ultimate pursuit or practice change, where he says this, Second Corinthians chapter five, verses 14, where he talks about, man, there's a shift that takes place when you become a Christian. For Christ's love compels us, verse 14. We have been convinced that one, Jesus, died for all, therefore all died. Hmm. And he died for all that those who live, talking about Christians, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died, that's Jesus, and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do. So uh, Paul says here, and really you could make a, a case in so many different places. There's a perspective shift in how you see life, <laughs> how you see others, how you see God, how you see yourself. That you begin to see, Paul's point in this passage is, you begin to see everyone around you as either saved or not saved, as Christian or not Christian, as ch children of God or children of wrath. That you begin to see yourself differently, like, man, I, I am a child of God. And so now I want to make sure that as many people as I can interact with and call to be children of God, I'm going to do that. And I see God as not some angry father up in the sky going to throw lightning bolts at me. But I begin to see what is true and embrace, man, that's who I am. And then he says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. Verse 18, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. The biggest thing there is like that new creation yeah. has come. And that is a positional thing. This is where I think we get caught off and people are like, oh man, I'm a butterfly and I was a caterpillar. I guess I'll just pretend that I, I, I'm a butterfly, even though I still look like a caterpillar and even I feel like a caterpillar and I actually can't fly. And people get off and they're like, oh, I guess it didn't really work, but I'll just like try to believe it hard enough. The Bible is saying, in this passage, positionally, you have changed. Like your position, and by that, your relationship, your relational status with God has gone from it's complicated <laughs> or no longer together to we are engaged. We are mm. in relationship. We're in, in uh, could even just say married together. You've entered into a covenant relationship with God, and my position has totally changed. I have been made new. My practice and my performance are not always living in line with my new position in Jesus. But I want to, as best I can, begin to live out what God has said is true about me, which is I've been made into a new creation on there. And then finally, just the idea of a new pursuit that God has given us now as believers, that we have a new practice and a new pursuit, where he says in verse 19, and God has committed to us the message of reconciliation, where therefore Christ's ambassadors, ambassadors, that's another identity piece, that you're an ambassador in, in Jesus now, 
which declares on behalf of your foreign ambassador is somebody who advocates on behalf of their homeland and in a foreign land. So we're heaven's ambassadors, mm. Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal to us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So there's a lot in there, but basically, hey, as you begin to embrace who you are positionally, your perspective changes and your practice changes there. Now here, let me throw this out there. Oh man, you You're guys, there's like faces being made here. <laughs> here would be, here is where I think Christians get off is you remember in high school when you when you had a fake ID? I know Elena had one. I definitely had one. Yeah, you know, remember <laughs> like when, hey, people have a fake ID and yeah. and generally speaking, it's kind of always off or maybe you never had a fake ID, but we've we've all been here before where you borrowed somebody else's ID. Back. We call that the pass back. Yeah, to get into you the You use it, the and then he gives back. it back to you, and you pass it back in line to your friend. Everyone knows Dude, that the one, old baby. pass back. Or where it's like, <laughs> oh man, they have a gym membership. I'm gonna go borrow theirs to yeah. get yeah. into you know whatever thing I want to be a part of. People will take that fake ID. The funny thing about most of them is they're, they're oftentimes like not accurate. Like it's like they just changed the name or they just changed the picture on some generic ID. So it says like, <laughs> I'm six foot four, I have dark hair and green eyes. And it's like, that's not actually what I look like. And you just hope that the guy doesn't read it that close. <laughs> Elena's laughing right now because she is feeling convicted. No. There's conviction no. in no. Elena's no. life right now. About something else. Go ahead. The Bible presents a picture that if you're a Christian and you begin to buy the lies that are not who God says you are, you are living according to a fake ID. Yeah. It's not just that like you're holding Ooh, on to a fake ID. He went there. Uh, boom. Oh, it's ID. like you have a fake ID though. What's Weird. that one Chris Brown thing? No, it's, isn't that a you fake ID? Even, I got a fake ID though. Yeah. You can't even get in. Well, how's it go? I forget. Man, we are all <laughs> off of the place. But point being, hey, people, like here's what you need to know. If you're beginning to believe that, man, I'm not forgiven. I'm not who God says I am. I'm worthless. I'm, I'm a disgrace. I'm never going to amount to anything. My value is found in what I look like. You are embracing a fake ID. That's what you're doing. And the, and the challenge here, like this is where I think this could hopefully be really practical. So help me shake this out if this doesn't make sense. I think a lot of people just hear that and they go, oh, I guess I am, so I should just not care about what I look like because mm -hmm. Jesus says I'm beautiful and fearfully and wonderfully made and, um, and I should really just let that be what I care about. And then they walk away and they're like, but I actually still feel yeah. embarrassed about what I look like or about my job performance. And so for you, I think the first step is not just, well, try harder, you got to just confess that to other people and, and confess it to the Lord. God, I don't believe that what you say about me is ultimately the most important thing about me. You call me fearfully and wonderfully made, but honestly, I still feel ugly. I feel worthless and I feel shameful and ashamed of my past. And the first step that so many Christians miss is they just feel like, dude, just try hard. Josh, you're a new creation in Jesus. You just be that new creation. Yeah. And they never take, and a lot of Christians are like, yeah, we'll do that. And that works for about an hour and then it stops and they go right back into like, man, I still feel like dirty or I just feel unlovable or I feel like I'm damaged goods. And they never take the time to God and to other Christians say, man, I just feel like I, um, I don't believe what God said is true. I know it's true somewhere in my heart but I still am believing that I'm damaged goods. And I know the verses and I know I'm supposed to believe that, um, you know, everything God says positively is true, but I need to just confess, God, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And to other believers, I'm not believing what God says. Mm -hmm. Will you guys pray for me? And God, will you help me to grow in embracing who you say that I am? Yeah. Boom. That, so was, ultimately, that was gold, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was great, David. Ultimately, 
when people, I think, say to you, hey, you just need to find your identity in Christ, what I think they're trying to say is you need to just focus on what's true. You need to focus on what matters most. You need to focus on what's unchanging. And that's who God is and who God says you are. And how you practically do that is you do that by reading the Bible. You do that by having friends around you who can encourage you and who God says you are and remind you of truth when you're feeling insecure, you're feeling not good enough, whatever, you feel like you're not worthy. And then you need to just pray and ask God to help you see yourself the way that he sees you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of what they're getting at ultimately when they're telling yeah, you to I find th- your identity I, in Christ. Man, I think you're exactly right, Elaine. And I, I think there's something practical inside this too. When someone says, hey, find your identity in Christ, there is like a focus on. So one, you've got to know what God says about you. But then as you get to know what God says about you, you got to ask the question, um, if I believe that to be true, and then be honest with when you don't believe it, but if I believe that to be true, how then would I live now? Like what decision would I make now? If I believe that I am identified as the son of the guy who owns everything, am I going to continue to have the anxiety that I do at work and whether or not it's going to stay? Or practically would I, you know, would I walk in peace? And so I think it's not just only focusing on Elena, but it's asking yourself the question, if I believe that to be true, how then do do my actions change? Yeah. And I would say if you're giving someone that advice, if I'm telling Josh, hey man, you just got to find your identity in Christ, not your job. I would encourage you to go a mile further and just lean in and say, here's where I think maybe you're finding too much of your worth and how much you make or in your bank account, your paycheck. And, um, and I'm all, and I'm tempted to believe that you say that if that's true. But I'm going to be praying for you to continue to embrace what God says about you as true, which is that your value has nothing to do with how much you make, but whose you are, who God says you are. It's like this. I think this will be a good close unless you guys have something else. Um, the, the Prince of England, there's two princes. I guarantee you know their names, Elena. Oh, Prince Harry and Prince Charles? Yeah. And no, no, William. William. Prince, 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 Prince William? William, yes. Yes. And Prince Harry. Okay, so Prince Harry is the younger one? Yeah, he's married to Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. So he was in the, I may be mixing them up. One of them had, you know, they had jobs. Like the princes in England, like they they worked jobs. They were like in the military. They did things. Their family has side business stuff going on. That was mind blowing to me. I was like, dude, you're just, you're the king of England, the queen. Like, that's kind of <laughs> your full time like, I don't gig. know what you do with you that. You do photo ops, <laughs> I guess. You're like Disney World only. You're actually, like, you're, you're real. No, you're kind of just still like Disney World. But no, they actually have jobs and they have things that they work on the side. And I was like, well, man, wow, that's crazy. You know what is the biggest identity for him, no matter what job he works for the rest of his life, if he, if he continues to work jobs? That he's I'm a, a prince. I'm a <laughs> prince of England. I'm a prince yeah. of the United Kingdom. I'm a prince. And so no matter what mm. job he works, the most defining characteristic about him is not like, oh man, who he got, when he got married, now I finally become something and that's where my value is. And it is who you are. You are a prince of a royal lineage. And the Bible paints a picture that that is what is true about you. That no matter what job you work for the rest of your life, no matter what last name you have for the rest of life, no matter what you accomplish or what you don't accomplish, the most significant thing about you is that you are a part of the royal line of Jesus. Mm. Your identity and the highest identity that you'll ever hold is as a child of God, as God's, and as an adopted child into his family. You are, as cheesy as it is, a part of that royal line, prince or princess. Man, that's Good. great. Check. Prince Harry, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Fact check, <laughs> Prince Harry is actually now the Duke and uh, Meghan Markle is the Duchess of Sussex. Oh. I don't know if that's how you say it, but. He's a Duke. He stepped down hey. from being a prince. Yeah. It totally ruined my <laughs> illustration. Yeah, um, fact check. Hey, 
If you have questions about that, we know that it's a big one. Maybe we'll do another one someday in the future. But as always, please email any questions to info at the Live. If you will go rate, review, that is always really helpful um, just to hear back from me. We'd love to hear from you. If there's any more questions or anything that you have, email us at info at the Live. That's all I got. That's it. Yes, we will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.